Welcome to our second episode of the Squadron's Pirate Radio podcast. We hope you enjoyed our first episode. And if you haven't had a chance to listen, you can go back and check out all of our episodes. They'll be uploaded online here. Uh, joining us today is my co-host, Scott King, General Manager of the Royal Nova Scotia Yacht Squadron, and today's guest, Ryan Anderson. Good to be here. Thanks Ryan. for having me. No worries, Ryan. It's great to have you. We're looking forward to this chat today. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Ryan is the current Bill Burke Memorial Youth Elite Award winner for the Sail Canada Awards last year. This award recognises outstanding youth male and female achievement in competitive sailing. Now, that to me um, speaks volumes uh, for this young man we have on the line. Um, he's obviously an integral component of our race team operation at the squadron, has been for some time. Uh, Ryan, thanks for taking time out of your day to talk to us. Yeah, yeah. No, looking, looking forward to it. Well, as we said, we, we asked you um, off air if you'd actually done anything like this before, and you said no, and we were, I was saying we're quite disappointed because we have no idea what we're doing. We're hoping <laughs> you could actually lead, lead some of this conversation. But, um, <laughs> but as I said, we're just looking to have a conversation, find out a little bit about yourself, share a little bit with the membership, get an insight into, into your story. Um, so I want to go back in time, Ryan. What's your first memories of sailing? Uh, definitely one that stands out is, I think, me and my brother. Um, and two wooden opties, and my dad was out in his little six-foot inflatable, and it was one of the first days out, and it might have been, you know, maybe four or five knots of wind, not very windy at all, and I was really eager to, it was one of my first days out, so I was really eager to try, but I was also quite frightened too, so I'd straddle, I'd have one leg in the inflatable of the Zodiac, and then another leg in my opti. And I'd lead into the Opti and cry because I was, I was frightened, you know, to sail in, in three knots of wind. And then I'd go back and lean into the motorboat and then I'd, I'd cry more because I, I felt kind of let down that I wouldn't go out and try. So it was a bit of back and forth like that. But eventually you kind of get over your fear and realize that you're not going too fast and you're pretty close to shore and not a whole lot to, you know, the boom doesn't doesn't it's pretty easy to duck under the boom in an opti so yeah that that one kind of stands out because i just find it interesting how you know, i went from being kind of timid of it and a little scared and now you know i i love nothing more than than being on the water now especially when it's windy well how old were you there oh i would have been probably six or seven right right yeah a sailing family my dad was did a lot of dinghy sailing and raced at the top level in the in the fin. And then when he was done with that, he he fiddled around in, in keel boats. And then uh, we had a 37 foot Benetel when I was growing up. So in the summers we'd we'd go off and and cruise around Nova Scotia. So that was a big part of the introduction too. When did you find yourself in Eliza for the first time? Yeah, I, I grew up, I, I learned in the Opti and went through the, the learn to sail at the squadron and then, you know, looked up. There's a lot of kids I looked up to. Um, Coast, the Canadian Optimist Atlantic team was in, in effect when I was, you know, around nine or ten. So I looked up to, to all of these guys and then, and then eventually I, I moved up to the race team and, and this Coast team discontinued. So I got to sail with a lot of these guys who I looked up to and um, I had some great coaches involved and then I, I really pushed hard in the Opti and 
and then again transferred into the laser it was only boat that I thought was going to was going to fit my size after the opti I was a little bit a little bit bigger a little bit taller so I didn't think I'd have a long career in the 420 and uh kind of not pressure from my dad but but he was a laser sailor so I think he was and and we had already had a laser my brother had a laser so there was one in the house so I went straight into the laser and and loved it since the first day and uh kept up with it and here I am you know 4 years later um graduating from the radial and now now into the full rig yeah. so that's uh yeah, kind of my quite a progression. My transfer. Yeah. <laughs> when did you when did you think you you sort of worked out that this was something that you were good at? Like, is there a moment that stands out where you think I think I can really have a run at this? Oh, uh, I remember in the opties, I always kind of yeah, I always again like looking up to the to these older kids. I always looked up to you know they'd go off to a a world championships or a North American championships and. You know, probably when I was 11, 10 or 11, I thought, oh, that would be cool. And then as I got older, you know, when I was 13 and 14 and was an older Opti sailor, you know, I got the chance to go to some of these events and and just being a bigger kid from Canada um, in the Opti, you know, the results weren't great at these international Opti events. So that kind of, you know, made me mad. But I remember this this one coach from Sweden saying, his, uh, this coach's brother, um, was one of the top laser sailors in the world and, but was just a, I guess a terrible opti sailor. So he told me that, <laughs> that there's no correlation to how you do in the opti and, and how you do in the future. So that kind of gave me a little bit of a confidence and, uh, yeah, I grew a bit of a fire, you know, wanting to do, to do well and internationally. And that's still, still something that I strive for today to do just to be just to be considered world-class I guess is something that would be meaningful uh meaningful for me so when I got into the laser I again I a new coach new laser coach from Poland came in and was very influential um for me and I really looked up to him and he had some great laser results so then I you know, I, I trained really hard and, and started going to the gym and cause laser, you gotta be, you gotta be quite fit. And then, uh, yeah, I found myself when I was 15, I qualified for the youth worlds, which was a, a bit of a surprise for me. So getting the experience to go there and, you know, it's, it's the Olympics, you know, it's pretty much equivalent of Olympic games for, for youth sailors. So that was quite the experience. And then you go, and then after that, you kind of have this expectation of, of, you know, where you, where you, where you stand and where you want to be and what you have to do to, to be where you want to be. So then that really, you know, grew a fire to, you know, I, I want to go back to the youth worlds and luckily I got to go back this year and now youth is over and into the full rig. And now there's a, you know, a big group of, of lasers really pushing hard. Um, they're all out of Kingston. So I'm kind of the lone wolf out here on the East coast, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's going to be opportunities to sail with them in the future. And, and, uh, just being able to, to push and push each other, I think is, 
is uh, going to fare us well uh, in the future. So that's well, kind of, yeah. yeah. Well, you've, you've clearly got the respect of, um, of your peers, you know, having won that award, I'm sure they don't give that one away lightly. Um, so I think you've, you've, uh, you've already achieved a, a huge amount. I just want to Thank go you. back. I just want to go back to these coaches that you talk about. The, um, you know, what what for you resonates with a coach? I mean, why when you say I've got a huge amount of respect for this coach or for that coach? Like, what what do you think the qualities of being a good coach or a good leader are? Yeah, well, I remember. Well, I grew up playing hockey too, and I remember hockey. You know, sometimes you you'd come to the bench and the coach would be, you know, angry at you or yelling at you. But these coaches I had when I was sailing, it was never. It was always very constructive what they had to say, um, you know, win or lose, um, you know, they'd all, you'd always come to the coach boat and, and good spirits and their, their knowledge too. And they'd share their experiences and, uh, and just learning from that, it kind of inspires you to, to be a bit like them. I remember this Opti coach, he was, he was crazy about, about nutrition we go to regattas and if we'd go out to dinner or something he'd tell the waitress they can't have anything fried or and they can't have any uh soft drinks so that really resonated for me and you know probably for you know in my opti days after that i was so so kind of um disciplined in what i ate so that was a big influence um and then in the laser this Polish guy came in, in my, in my first year sailing and, and his ability just to, you know, pick, pick, pick apart your, your sailing technique or, or teach you tactics or strategy, you know, whatever came out of his, his mouth resonated with me and I could adjust appropriately when uh, in the past, it can sometimes be a little confusing what the coach is trying to, trying to tell you even though this guy had a thick polish accent but uh he really had a good you know being so experienced himself he 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 could even though he wasn't in the boat he could still see what i was seeing and see what i was feeling so he was able to convey a message that resonated with me and and i think that kind of you know, set us apart on the East Coast was having this this good coach who was so knowledgeable about the laser. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that was a very, very good thing for me. And they're just good, good people, too, down to earth. Um, good people yeah. that you enjoy being around. So you, you, you enjoy being out on the water. And, and yeah, that's what stands out from from uh specifically the these two coaches yeah yeah i mean we obviously um and i can say we because i'm part of the team now um yeah but but we we here on the east coast of canada we certainly punch above our weight when it comes to um to performance um for sure sailing you know so uh, why is that is it is there something we can point to uh well i think well og has done a great job um with the race team Again, he, he, he's responsible for bringing all these coaches in um, that I think just other, other clubs don't, don't have access to. So I think that sets us apart. And then again, like, uh, you know, there's a bit of a standard, I guess, sailing on the East Coast. If, 
if if people are doing well nationally, internationally, and uh, you sail with this person, then you kind of ha- can have that same expectation uh, to do well. And I think that's that's a big part of it. You know, your, your peers, and and you know, if someone has success, then then you kind of feed off that. And there's been a lot of success sailing on the East Coast, so we all have that expectation to, you know, be at the top um, nationally and some cases internationally. Yeah, and certainly um, built of stern stuff, I think, as well. You know, maritime mm. is certainly have a yeah, certain... Yeah, we're, we're definitely tougher than, I think, you know, on the ocean and we have big waves. If ever we go somewhere where there's big waves, big wind, uh, you no. Know, East coasters always, always fare better. My experiences. Yeah, no, I, that would make sense. I remember um, my mother-in-law actually, who was a, um, she was a, a, a flight attendant for, for Air Canada way back in the day. And she said that maritime pilots were always renowned in Canada as being the best pilots around because they had to fly through some pretty, you know, crazy weather on a very yeah. regular basis. So they were yeah. always... Yeah you know, flying in and out of storms and handling treacherous conditions that can turn really quickly. And so they, they, they were known to be able to handle that and keep calm under pressure for that reason. Yeah, yeah. Back so do you find that that adds a lot of color to your experience when you're sailing here? Like to have the winds, you know, shift quite abruptly and, you know, weather conditions oh, yeah. can change and you have to adapt? Yeah, I think the, the Halifax Harbour, it's the worst place in the world to host a regatta, but it's the best place in the world to, to train because you, it's, it's a northerly and it's shifty and, you know, sailing in the arms, probably the um, best learning, you know, especially if you're, if you're just learning about tactics and stuff, go and sail in the arm and you'll understand it right away. And then you get sea breezes and, and westerlies and you might have, Small waves one day, big waves the next day. You, you get a variety of, of all conditions in the Halifax Harbour. So that's what makes it so such a good training training place, I think. Yeah. That's a nice segue to talk about the squadron. So obviously mm-hmm. you were you know, indoctrinated into the squadron at a young age. You, you, your folks were involved in the club. You know, I mean, I asked you about first, yeah. mem- first memories, you know, like, like when you think of the squadron, what do you think of? And not just from a training perspective, but just from a, from a personal perspective. Yeah, it's, it's one place where I just in, enjoy, enjoy being. I, I feel good when I'm down there. And, yeah, I grew up there swimming in the pool and, and going through the learn to sail and playing on the playground and only live a kilometer up the road. So it's always easy access you know, I can ride my bike down and and go sailing or, you know, whenever, you know, if if we were going out for dinner or something, the, the yacht squadron was, was the closest place. So kind of especially in the in the warmer months, it's more of a second home for me. I find myself down there a lot in the spring and uh, parts of the summer, but a lot of times I'm away, I'm away racing. But, uh, you know, definitely in the spring and fall, I'm down there most we- most days a week now sailing and, and training and have, have done, a, done a little bit of coaching there too, which I've really enjoyed. And, you know, I, I, I love spending time down there and it's 
one of my one of my happy places, I'd say. Oh, we love that. We love that. I'm more misty. Um, with, yeah. <laughs> with, um, with jokes aside, Ryan, I mean, like you talk a lot about these guys you used to look up to. Like you realize you're one of them now. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. I hope, you know, I try to be a bit of an influence to uh, younger sailors from, well, the squadron and, and in the province and in the country, hopefully. I'd like to think that, yeah, I can, I can provide some influence. And, and when I'm coaching, I kind of try to, yeah, the same thing, provide some of my knowledge and hand it down to, to the next generation. So, yeah, that's something I, I take to heart and, and try to, uh, and try to, uh, yeah, influence, influence uh, the next generation. Well, yeah, I've no doubt you are. So moving forward, looking down the road, I mean, obviously it's a very weird uh, space in time that we're currently occupying um, with all with all this uh, current situation. But looking past that and looking forward to the next the next little while, two three years down the track. I mean, what are you, what are some of your goals? Like, where do you see yourself? Um, you know, a couple of years down the track. Yeah, they have these uh, under twenty one uh, laser world championships. So. Uh... They won't have one this year. I, I doubt they'll have one this year, obviously. But uh, I still have one more uh, next year. So I'll I'll strive to do hopefully well at those. Um, you know, I'll, I'll hopefully begin to train with these guys from Kingston, and and uh, I'll be those guys will have all aged out of the of the U twenty one. So next year, that that's kind of the big the big focus for me now is these uh, under 21 worlds. And then uh, in the future, uh, definitely move into the senior fleet, hopefully. And, and yeah, like I, like I said at the beginning, kind of my goal is just to become, come world-class and whatever that is, if it's, you know, top 10, 10 out of worlds or, or first out of world championships, that's kind of, I think, uh, you know, would, be satisfying for me to just to be, you know, in that, in that world class, um, to be just one of the top guys. Yeah. Um, in the laser fleet. So there's so much depth in the laser fleet. Um, you know, it's really, really hard to the, the top 20 guys, you know, either, either one could on any given day could, could win the regatta. And then past that, you know, there's, there's Olympics, but I think there's, there's a lot of focus on the Olympics, I think, for a lot of people. But uh, for me, I think it would be much more meaningful to to do well at a at a World Championships, just because at the Olympics, there's only only one person from each country goes. So it's more more or less like the top eight, top ten who are who are really good, who are world class. Whereas at the World Championships, you know, you get 10 guys from Australia, 10 guys from New Zealand and uh, a bunch of guys from the, these European countries. So the fleet is, there's a lot more depth at a, at a world championships, I think. And I think it would be more meaningful for me at least to, you know, finish in the top 10 at a world championships than the, not, not that I wouldn't want a podium at the Olympics, but you know, I, I feel like, you know, maybe a top, 
10 finish at the laser world championships might be for me, maybe a little more meaningful than a, you know, a, a podium finish at the Olympics. Yeah. It's where you get your heart set. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't heard someone put it like that, that before um, in terms yeah, in, in yeah. terms of the competition, but that's, um, that's a very interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some and, people probably, I think many people probably don't agree, but, mm. but I think that's where my head's at. And yeah, I think, you know, maybe sometimes uh, sailors get a little too wound up over, over the Olympics for them. The Olympics is the, is the be end on be all end all. Well, but, uh, well, it's a big shiny thing, know, isn't not, it? Not for me. Yeah, it's a big shiny thing. And like, yeah. you know, for you, you're chasing the competition, which which I've got a huge amount of respect for, um, mm-hmm. for you personally. But but meanwhile, mate, aren't you supposed to be getting some grades? You're doing a... Yeah, you, yeah. When, when are you going to find time to do your degree? Yeah, I guess so. Well, I'll see. I should... See, you know, what what the schedule is. Yeah. But, uh, you know, maybe take take a few classes here or there, do some online um or you know taking semesters off I, I think the good thing about when i'm just kind of coming into the to the full rig scene is that well the olympics were supposed to be this year but they've been pushed a year so i have kind of you know four years you know the the year after the olympics a lot of guys aren't going to be you know there's going to be a lot who have dropped out and a lot who are taking it easy and taking a, a bit of a rest so, you know, that means I could kind of, you know, there's no real rush for for me to really uh, put the gas pedal down uh, right away, I don't think. And especially when I've had a, a very busy youth career, I think it's good, especially this year, I've had a bit of a, a bit of a break. I haven't been sailing as much and focusing a little, a little bit more on school, but you know, when the spring comes around, I'm sure I'll be right back, right back into the boat again, as long as it's, as long as it's safe and, and training again. And I'm kind of just playing it by year too. Um, you know, see what training opportunities are available and what, uh, what regattas are going to be happening and, and when, but that's definitely something I've been thinking a lot about is how do you, you know, do you do a, do you just go and get a degree over with or, or do you, you know, go hard sailing and then get a degree after, or do you kind of, can you kind of do both at the, at the same time? So well, here's the thing, Ron, is right it... now I'm, I'm playing it by year, yeah. but I'm, I'm pretty, I'm definitely determined to, to keep up my sailing, but uh, I just, yeah, not a hundred percent sure what the, what the timeline looks like for me. Oh, none of us really are, Ryan. I don't think that ever changes. We're we're constantly trying to make decisions in the moment for, you know, based on the the information that we have and a bit of gut. And yeah, sort of. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't think you're you're alone there by any stretch. Um, and for those who might yeah, not know, yeah. Ryan's doing a an oceanography degree at Dalhousie, so um, no surprises there. Did was that a was that a pursuit that you um that, that obviously came quite naturally for you when you were thinking of things to do? Well, uh, when it when it did come to mind, it did. You know, I was pretty dead set on it, but, you know, talk to me a year and a half ago, I kind of had no idea what I wanted to do. And and then I had a cousin who took the oceanography program. So I kind of chatted with her in Dalhousie, had a had an open house. So I went and checked out the oceanography, oceanography 
uh, department, and that seemed, you know, pretty interesting to have a career that involves being on the water and, uh, you know, the ocean's so complex and it was something that's kind of interesting to me and I love just to be on the water so it seemed like the perfect the perfect program for uh for me to go into yeah well I couldn't obviously think of anything more more applicable for yourself um um well thank you Ryan I think it's it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you um I've really enjoyed um the insights that you've shared um certainly on behalf of uh, all members of the club, you know, from the Commodore right down, you know, we are incredibly proud of you and are proud of your achievements. Um, what you've been able to do in a very short space of time, um, you know, is, is, uh, is impressive. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly we've got no doubt that, you know, with, with the level of application and talent that you have, that there's no way that you can't take yourself. So um, just make sure you keep getting good grades. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got, I got plenty of time to, <laughs> I got plenty of time to to study here over the next few weeks, so yeah. Hopefully, I'll be I'll be all set and get this first year out of the way and get back in the boat soon. And keep training on the uh, virtual regattas going on. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. you've yeah. been giving giving that a go, have you? The virtual regatta. Yeah, yeah. It was on. Uh, there was twenty. Og was uh, when Og set it up, and there was probably twenty twenty kids from the yacht squadron race team and. Luke Rutenberg and I, and it, yeah, it was good fun. The sixth race here, I didn't do so well. I'd always found myself find myself I'd I'd round the top mark, you know, all right in the top ten, and then I'd press, you know, instead of pressing the button that that hoists the spinnaker, I'd press the tack button and I'd tack around and foul foul everyone, and you know, find myself at the back of the pack. But with some practice over the next few days, I better watch out. Right, world class um, is coming. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure with some practice, you'll be fine. But I'm yeah. sure you'll work that out. Um, just got to beat org. That can be your, your yeah your, your yeah. mission. Well, yeah. Th- thank you guys for for having right, me maybe- on. And you know, again, the the squadron's been so so critical for my sailing. You know, the the Corinthian Fund for probably you know, well over, you know, probably almost seven years now has been, has been crucial for me and a, a big part of, of allowing me to, to go away and, and do all this training. And, you know, without, without the learn to sail program and transitioning to the race team, I'm confident I wouldn't be where I was today. Um, you know, all, all the sailors on the race team who I looked up to and, all the great coaches I've had access to being, being part of the squadron has been uh, uh, very crucial in, in my development. So I'm very, very thankful uh, for the squadron and they've, uh, it's so much. Oh, that means a great deal. Thanks Ryan. Thanks again for, for coming on the show. Um, we look forward to catching up very soon, seeing you back out on the water along with everyone else at the earliest opportunity. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks great. again. Good luck. Thanks guys.